12 to 20. John chapter 8, verses 12 to 20. Of course, Jesus is talking to a group of religious people, and that's the context in which it's in. And it, it, he's going through, through if, you went, if you went back uh, through, through the gospel here, that you would see there's, uh, he, he keeps claiming these great things, I am, I am, I am, you know, the bread of life, the door, the way, the truth, the life. And so he, he, he says this, he says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your own testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going but you have no idea where I came from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one with the testifiers of myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? And then Jesus said, you do not know me or my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you lined up a hundred planes, 99 of them were paper planes, and one of them was a, a jumbo jet I don't know what they're called these days, Boeings, whatever they're called. Uh, but if you line them all up, you could say, well, they're all the same. They're all planes. But one of them is obviously different, isn't it? Uh, and so it is with the Bible. The, the Bible is not like any other book. It really isn't. And so we shouldn't let the world or anybody tell us that it is. It's just another option. It's so vastly different. It's a, uh, the Bible is a unique book, both physically and spiritually. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a unique book uh, because it's, well, well, let's consider some facts about it. It was written over 1,500 years from cover to cover. Show me another book that's like that, yeah? Uh, it was written in three different languages by about 40 different people on five different continents. It's got one common theme, and that's the salvation of mankind. It points to one central character, and that's Jesus Christ. There's no other book in the world like this book. So that's physically. But spiritually, there's no other book like this book in all of the world. Because this is the word of the Lord. This is God's word to us. In the Anglican tradition, when, when they do read the, the Bible, what they'll do, they'll, they'll get to the end of the passage and then they'll say, this is the word of the Lord. And then the congregation would say, thanks be to God. Yeah. Because we have the word of God. We have the word of God in front of us. And we have the word of God to our hand. 
unlike any other book. It's unlike any other book because it speaks to us. It's, a, it's an open book, yeah? It speaks to us, and, and, and I don't know whether you're, we can open it day after day after day, and the God speaks to it. We open the Bible, and God speaks. An amazing book. Uh, and so it speaks to us day in, day out, if we read it. But I don't know whether it's your experience. It's certainly my experience that, that uh, what happens is that uh, you, you, you read something, and it kind of jumps out the page, it's said, isn't it? It jumps out the page, and it speaks to you, yeah? Uh, and, and often that's the case. And often you can read things time and time and time again, and it just passes you by. But then one day, that's it. You'd stand out, and the Lord speaks to you through that. Well, the, the verse that we're going to consider today, I saw this verse at least two times a week for 18 years. And it's because I used to go to a Baptist church, and they're not big on stained glass in the Baptist churches, you know, uh, or, or ornaments or anything. But they had one stained glass window that said this, I am the light of the world. And so I'd look at this and think, yeah, 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 Jesus, light of the world, God's the light of the world. And so you would read that twice a week at least uh, for 18 years. But, uh, but over the last month or so, it's really hit me in a new way how this is the light of the world. Jesus said that he is the light of the world. And so it really kind of hit me. And I want to kind of share that with you today. Uh, some of that, if I can, get it across how that Jesus is the light of the world. What did he say in our verse? I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Yeah? Wow. Uh, the light of life. Uh, and so, but as I looked at that verse, I thought, and, and, you, and you become familiar with the verse, even though it's God's word. Um, what a claim. What a grandioso claim. What a grand claim that is. Who would say such a thing? How could you say such a thing? You don't hear that very often, do you? Whatever you, you go, I'm the light of the world. Yeah. Jesus said he's the light of the world. And so it's a grand claim, this. It's unlike, who could say, well, I'll tell you who could claim it. It says in 1 John 1 and verse 5, God is light and in him is, own, is no darkness. And so there's only one person that could claim it, and that is God. And so Christ is God. Yeah, so, so Christ is God. Nobody else could claim to be the light of the world other than God, excuse me, God himself. But what was the Lord Jesus saying of himself as he proclaims that I am the light of the world? Well, it would imply, wouldn't it, that the world needs light. Yeah. Naturally, it's in a dark condition, both spiritually and morally. We don't have to go too far to see that. You just got to turn your telly on and watch the news. That the, the, uh, as you see, the, and you, think, you think you can't be shocked anymore, but then something else even more shocking shocks you. And now we've got the internet to be shocked with. Yeah, don't go there. Uh, but uh, but it, it's in a dark place, isn't it, morally and spiritually? The vast majority of people don't see or understand the value of their souls, the true nature of God, or the reality of heaven and hell. And that's, that's a sad fact. That's where the darkness is at, that people don't see that. They don't see the value of their souls. Nah, it's all about this world. Uh, they don't see uh, uh, the true nature of God and, and what he's about. 
uh, or the reality of heaven and hell. Not many of the people consider these things. They, they, they push them away. And that's a true darkness. But despite all of mankind's advances in science and medicine and the arts, uh, we're still in this spiritual darkness. We seem to be going down this wrong road, getting worse and worse. And I, I, I'm, 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 I'm an old man now, and, and it, it seemed like yesterday that I think, what? How, how is this? How can that right be wrong now and the wrong be right? It's crazy. You live in a crazy dark world, and it's messed up and mixed up. Uh, but, but the thing is, uh, this spiritual darkness still covers the face of the earth and gross darkness, the people. So Christ comes into this, all of this today, back then and even now. And he proclaims himself to be the only remedy, the light of the world, the only way out of darkness, the only way, the light of the world. When I was a, a kid, uh, I was about nine or ten, and, uh, and, and we, we were uh, school holidays, and, and so there was a group of us, uh, there was myself and my mate, and, uh, and so about three girls, and we were going to go on this big adventure, nine or ten, Enith Blight and stuff, this, down the north end. And, uh, and so, so what happened was, some bigger lads had taken me down some, some caves, and, uh, and so I knew the way. Uh, and so I ended up uh, taking these kids. If it, if it was more organized, that they got um, Matt to show you a map of this, this thing. But it was a, we, I, we were going down the rods. Now, the rods is the Birkenhead Air Raid Shelter in Bitston. It's massive. It, 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 it was designed for 2,500 to 3,000 people to hide in in 1941. And so, so it's a, it, there's a map on, on there, if you Google it, <laughs> I'm told. Uh, so you can look at these things. There was a kitchen there. There was a medical center. There was toilets there. Uh, all sorts of things there. Uh, but, but by the time we got down to it in the 70s, way back in the olden days, kids, uh, by the time we got down to it, it was wrecked. It was a mess. It was vandalized. And so there was one way in. And there was a, an air shaft at the very end of it. But we were told that it went, if you went to the wrong tunnel, you went to the graveyard. So if you're on your 9 and 10, that's, that's uh, pretty scary stuff. There wasn't a way to the graveyard, but we thought it, there was when we were kids. So, so off we go down this, this tunnel. And all we've got between us is a little plastic torch uh, for the light. And, and, and so we're away. So, so Gary's holding the torch, and we're all huddled together, going through, and it, it's not quite as, it was going through wet, and you've got to avoid the manholes, and so you're going into this place, it's massive, and, and so anyway, we're way into it, we've, we're into it about 15, 20 minutes, going down the dark tunnels, it's like a maze, it all looks the same, bricks and rubble all over the place, and so what happens? Gary drops the torch. <laughs> And the torch breaks, and uh, we can't find the torch. And it's in all the rubble and the wet and the mud and everything. And so all of a sudden we become, it wasn't so Enid Blyton. And, uh, and so, so we, we were starting to whimper a bit. I don't know how long we were down there, whether it was half an hour, two hours, I don't know. It was dark. It was black. It was pitch black. And so we were terrified. And so here we are, 
all these kids whimpering away. Who's going to find us? Nobody knows we're there. We're w- and, and the air is thin down there. It really is. You're way underground. Uh, and so, anyway, uh, what happened was, all of a sudden you heard a noise, like a real horrible rumbling thunder noise, a clattering. But what we noticed was, and that terrifies you even more, but what happened was, there was two lads, two like about our age, a little bit older, and they, they, start, they came down in the tunnel on a motorbike with no tires or inner tubes on it. But it had a light, a headlamp. And so they come towards us round the corner. And so uh, we're just this tearful, quivering wrecks of, of five little kids. And, uh, and, and so he said, we know the way out. And so what they did, they, they showed us the way out, and it was all windy around different places. But they got us out. It was brilliant. You know, it, it was amazing. Now, I didn't need to know the make or the model or registration of that bike. Uh, all I knew was I needed to get out of there, and I needed to follow these two lads. And they brought us out into the glorious sunshine of the rods down back in the north. And, uh, and the sky was blue, and we, and we were so thankful. I haven't been back in since, by the way. Uh, um, so, so uh, though, though I'm tempted with my lads, never been back in there. But uh, just not to leave them down there, of course. No, 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 no. Um, um, but, but the thing is, it was our only hope, and our only hope was to follow. And so in that sense, it's like a bit like Jesus, you know, said, he that follows me will have the light of life. They will come out of the darkness and have the light of life. And so our only hope is Christ. And my only hope out of there, our only hope out of those dark, dark caves was, was these lads on the motorbike and they had the light and they knew the way. And so this is our only hope out of the darkness of this mess that we've just described. What was the alternative? Well, it's to stay in the dark, isn't it? What is the alternative? If Christ is the light of the world and he says to us, follow me and you will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. If we don't, then we stay in darkness. We stay in that spiritual and moral darkness which leads to an eternal darkness, the Bible is faithful in telling us, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. But the trouble with the darkness is that the darkness is deceptive and beguiling. We're told in uh, John 3, verse, well, I'll read from verse 17, it says this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whosoever believes in him is not condemned, but whosoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict, that light has come into the world, but people have loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. I wonder where you're at this morning. Are we loving the darkness? Are we willing to come to the light? You know, uh, but it gets worse. The darkness is deceptive because of the deceiver. It blinds people's eyes to its importance and the importance of coming into the light and shunning the darkness. We're told in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 3, let me read, but if our gospel is hid, the good news, this good message about Jesus being the light of the world, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to those who are lost 
in whom the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. What a horrible place to be. What a scary place to be. Never mind being down in them caves. <laughs> to be blinded by the God of this world. What a state to be in. To be in the dark. But those who do not follow stay in the dark. They get the priorities all mixed up. They've got a different agenda. It's about this world. It's about, it's about the things of this world. The things that are passing. The things that won't last. And so they become obsessed with that. The things of God are quite dull and boring, if they're honest. Uh, they don't see the relevance of the light because they're in the dark. But the, to those who see the light, those who see the light and believe and follow and experience the light of life, it's like coming out into, like that, isn't it, into to this glorious day, out of those caves. If you're, you're experienced as a Christian. I was thinking about uh, the other day, we, we were all moaning about the weather again, weren't we? <laughs> Too hot. Oh, is that, where's the drizzle? We're English. You know, we're British. Uh, and so everyone was there moaning about how, how hot the weather was. I, I must admit, I love it. Uh, and so, so I was out there in the garden, and I was in the shade of the tree, and I was reading under the shade of the tree, and the sun's blazing down. It's still, there's no breeze. But the sun, sun's blazing down. Now, I'm in the shadow, but I can still read. Guess what, Christian? doesn't matter where you go. You're always in the light, the full sun of the light. doesn't matter if you're in the shadow. You can still function. Just like we function in the shadow of a, of a tree on a lovely day. Yeah, so, so, so we enjoy the light. We're, we experience the light of life. We're born again, the Bible says, explains it like that. We're given a new heart, new ears, new eyes, new understanding. We see the wonder and the beauty of the light in Christ. All of a sudden, the reality of the psalm that we read at the beginning, Psalm 36 becomes our reality. Let me read some of those verses to you again. Verse 5 says, Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens. Is that your experience? You know, when we're in a light, when we come to Christ, when we realize what a sinner we've been, that we have no hope, we're going to a lost eternity, that darkness, we will spend forever in that darkness. There's no hope. It's awful, utterly awful. But when we come to the light of Christ and his love, what love? What love? Melts the heart. Melts the heart and leads us on. For your love, your love, Lord, reaches the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains. And that's only that righteousness it will do, will it? Not our own righteousness. We've got nothing. We've just got brokenness. But his righteousness reaches the heavens and his righteousness on the cross will do. And only his righteousness will do. No other righteousness is good enough. But his righteousness is as the highest mountains adore. Your justice is like a great deep. All of our sins were laid upon Christ. What justice? As Christ stood in the way. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. Those who are in the dark think it's all down to them. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's all down to them. Our days are with the Lord. Our days are numbered. They're with the Lord. 
One day we'll be with him. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast in the abundance of your house. Our refuge is in Christ, isn't it? Not in what we can do, not how religious we are, what performance we have. All we've got, our only hope is in Christ and under the shadow of his wings and what he did for us at Calvary. We've got no other hope. And, and so, so, we, so, so all of a sudden this reality, this, this uh, light of life becomes ours. And we have feast on the abundance of your house. And so we see, we see that, it says in, in the, the old version, we're satisfied with the fatness of your house. There's, a, there's, a, there's abundance there. But, but if we're in the dark, we don't see that. We don't give it a chance. What do they know sitting in that stuffy church on a Sunday morning? What do they know as they get up in the morning and spend time with God and his word? We're satisfied. We're satisfied. We're completing him. Others just look for satisfaction in other things, don't they? As they get the priorities wrong and they don't come to the light and they stay in the darkness. They crave satisfaction that can only be found in Christ and the abundance of his house. You give them to drink from the rivers of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. For with you, Lord, is the fountain of life. And that eternal life and the light of life. And in his light, we see light. Yeah. So in his light, we see light. And so he illumines our path. His word guides us as we follow it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We need his word, don't we? Because to follow is not an easy path. It talks about self-denial. If anyone would follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It's full of many ups and downs, the Christian life, isn't it? Uh, uh, trials and tribulations. Uh, when we apply the light of God's word to those situations, though, we find that his yoke is easy and his burden is light when we come to him. But we've got to follow and we've got to keep in step to make these things a reality in our lives. Sometimes we can go our own way, can't we? And we do fail. Sometimes we kind of veered off the path a little bit. Um, not always in big ways either. There's sometimes little ways. Can, if I can share another personal experience with you, that uh, uh, when I was considering this, I, I was uh, I couldn't sleep one night. I was on holiday, and uh, what, what did he tell us? Uh, the old Sunday school sticker said, "When you can't st sleep, don't sh count sheep. Talk to the shepherd." Yeah? You would have got the same Sunday school stickers, yeah. <laughs> when you can't sleep, don't count sheep. Talk to the shepherd. I always wonder what people's sheep, what the people's sheep are doing when they're counting them. Mine are always jumping over the fence. I don't know about yours, but they're going one, two. Whether yours are in a pen and you're trying to count, you know, oh, I got to 16 and got lost again. Got to start again. You know, they're all together. I don't know how it works with you. But, uh, but, we, but the Christian thing to do, of course, is not to count sheep, but talk to the shepherd. So, so what I, I tend to do then is you, you, you talk to the shepherd in the middle of the night when you can't sleep. And so you start to pray about the things that are on your heart, don't you? The first things that come to you. Normally your kids are something like that, but I can't do that because it's like counting sheep again in our house. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, all them kids. Uh, no. um, but but but, uh, but but nevertheless, what happens? The other, the other night, as I was saying, I'm lying there and I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of talking to the Lord and talking about things on my heart and and your kids come into it, don't they? And 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 so so I'm talking about telling them about the, the the children and and then I'm telling them about uh, and and then but then it goes off kind of with me. I don't know about you, but with me, I'm, I'm telling them about the, the kids, and I'm worrying about the kids then, about what they're getting up to. Then I'm worrying about me, and then I'm worrying about all of a sudden, instead of praying about these things, I'm worrying about things that are going to happen in 10 years. Then I'm worrying about who's going to feed the dog when I die. <laughs> and so it gets to a terrible state. But, but, but then, so, so I'm not in the light then, am I? I'm in a terrible dark place. Uh, but, but if we put, apply the light of what Jesus says to that, he says, take no care for tomorrow. There's enough sufficient as evil for the day. I've got to wake myself up type of thing. And say, Hang on a minute. I'm not supposed to be worrying about these things. Who's going to look after the dog when I die? Um, because I'm not dead yet. Uh, and, and so, so, so uh, anyway, uh, but so, so we can go off in many different ways. There's a big ways that we can kind of step out of line. And there's these little ways that we can step out of line. But we've got to f- walk in the light. And we will find peace. When we apply the light of Christ to that situation, we don't take thought for tomorrow. Uh, we, we walk in the light. But the, the wonderful thing is also that you then, once we, once we apply this light to our lives and, and we're walking in the light, we, Christ turns around to his disciples one day and he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. I don't know whether you feel like the light of the world this morning uh, or when you got out of bed this morning. Uh, so so, so uh, Christians, we now have this light as his followers. We enjoy the light, those sunny days under the tree. Yeah? Uh, and it's amazing. And Jesus says, and it's an amazing thing that Jesus says. Yes, Jesus says to his followers, you are the light of the world. And if you're his followers today, you are the light of the world. We are like bearers, a city on a hill, Jesus said. Not to hide our light, are we? We're not to hide our light. If you'd have come to me with a candle, and I'm not decrying little candles, but, but this little, uh, that little chorus we used to sing where um, Jesus bids us shine with a pure, clear light, like a little candle burning in the light. Um, <laughs> Jesus bids us shine, you in your small corner, and I am mine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, shine all over Birkenhead. Hoy Lake, I'm going to let it shine. Uh, and so, so the Lord calls us to shine, doesn't he? But, but you know, folks, and I'd have took, I'd have took um, you coming down them caves with a candle, I'd have followed you. Yeah? But the motorbike came down with a big light and a big noise and a big announcement. And I think that we're in times that need people to blaze. And God's calling men and women today to blaze for him. You know, and I'm not decrying little lights, you know, but I'm just thinking we need to blaze for Christ these days. These are dark days. They need the light of the world. And so we need to go into the situations that we're in and to blaze for him. Uh, and so, you know, uh, the, the, the time is going quickly, isn't it? We need to blaze with the only light that people have. Our purpose is to lead people to the true light. You know, as we go back 
down into the caves. We, we've been rescued. It's our purpose now. These desperate poor folks that, that are blinded by the devil need us to go in there and to give them the light of life. And people are desperate. Wouldn't want to get to the stage. I don't know how theologically correct it is. As you can tell, I get most of my theology from Sunday school stickers. Uh, so, you know, but I'd hate to get to heaven and, and, and there's people there that say, why didn't you tell me? As they're going off into a lost eternity. You had the light of life and you wouldn't share it? Why didn't you tell me? Well, as I say, I don't know whether I'm putting... Ask Richard one that one. <laughs> he knows a bit of theology beyond Sunday school stickers. Uh, but... but um, but, but uh, sorry to drag you in, brother. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, so, so, so we need to be sharing this light, this true light. People are desperate in darkness. How will he hear unless someone tells them? How will he see unless someone shows them the way? Jesus bids us shine. And lastly, briefly, the light of life is eternal. Once we're given this gift, it's ours forever. The Lord cherishes us and keeps us. We might only be, was a smoking flax, uh, only a little light. But the Lord, the Lord keeps us. The Lord nourishes us. The Lord cherishes us. It's a light that leads us to heaven. Let me read you a couple of verses from Revelation. 21 verse 23 says this. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to, sh to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them, the nations of them, not just the one or two, the nations of them which are, are saved shall walk in the light of it. That's what's going to happen in heaven. Revelation 22 and verse 4 says this. They shall see his face. We're going to see his face, folks. Yeah? <laughs> We're going to see his face. They shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. And they need, need no candle neither. The light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. And so this light is eternal. But the awful truth is. The darkness is eternal too. The darkness is eternal too. The Bible talks about outer darkness and everlasting fire. For all who reject the light. I wonder today will you receive the light. And I'm not just talking about come, becoming religious or joining this church or whatever. I'm talking about relationship. The people that Jesus spoke to on that day were religious people. When he said I am the light of the world. He was talking to religious people in a, in a, in a religious setting. He who follows me will not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. And so he's talking... So it's not about becoming religious, but it's becoming having a relationship with the Lord, turning and trusting Him for your salvation. I wonder, have you done that? Will you do that? If you haven't done that, then you need to do that because the darkness is forever. Come to the light. Will you come to the light? And that's what Jesus asked this morning. Will you come to the light of life? And if you need to, and you know that you need to walk out of the world of darkness into the light, then come and speak to me. Find me at the end. I'll be around and we'll have a chat. And uh, uh, I, I'm not the light. 
I just show you to the light. But we can talk about it. Yeah, so, so I hope that today, uh, as we close, that, that, that we all walk in the light and we might have the light of life which leads us to that everlasting light. Uh, let's just pray together.